Welcome to the Useless Critics Podcast, where we talk about movies and stuff. Uh, today's episode will be featuring Riley Deco and Remington Fox. I hope you enjoy. U.S. soldier Frank Dukes goes AWOL as he comes to Hong Kong to be accepted into the Kumite, a highly secret and extremely violent martial arts competition. Frank is given the opportunity to fight, but can he survive? This is Bloodsport. Kumite! 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 Welcome, yes. gentlemen. Welcome. Uh, What's going on? Bloodsport. I gotta say, this is a movie uh, that I was really into when I was younger. What happened? But, like, I mean, it's just one of those movies that, like, fell off my radar and I didn't really think about for a long time. Um, but, like, coming back to it, I was really excited. I was I was really excited to give it another go. Um, Riley, what, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, you want me to start? Sure. Um, yeah, no, I... I it had been a long time since I'd seen this movie. I don't think I had ever seen it in full. Watching it uh, the other day, uh, I made up my mind within the first three minutes. Uh, like I, I literally paused it about three and a half minutes in, and I just stopped and thought to myself, like, Remington chose this movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, so how I would describe this uh, before we go to Rem, uh, I think this is, uh, if, if Tommy Wiseau were to make a movie about an underground fighting ring, Bloodsport. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's pretty, it's not too far off. Uh, I love the, the idea of Bloodsport more than I love the actual movie. The idea of like a underground like fighting competition is amazing. And I hope they exist in real life to some degree. Uh, because I would love to see a blood sport uh, happen. But yeah, I mean, obviously, objectively, this movie's not that good, but uh, I do love it. Uh, it brings me back to my childhood. And John claude Van Damme, he's ripped, dude. He's freaking ripped. He looks good. That is true. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies. Like, I, I feel like I'm more closely uh, in the same ballpark as Riley as far as how much I, I like this movie. Well, you guys are um, stupid. But <laughs> it's one of those movies <laughs> where it's just kind of like if you if you fully accept the premise um, and you just kind of ignore the like bad acting and writing, it's a Ooh. fun movie. Like it's a fun journey <laughs> exactly. to go on. Exactly. It's, it's you, one of those movies sure. that's like clearly not a good movie, but it entertains me while it's on. It was funny. I, <laughs> I, I will admit that. It was, there's a lot of laughs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. No, it's 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 a fun watch to me. If you ignore the bad acting and the bad writing and all the other bad stuff, it's great. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I, another thing about it, like maybe it's just me. Does it seem like like it, they're speaking English, but it, it seems yeah. like it's dubbed. Does it seem like it's Sometimes dubbed? it seems like, like it's the, dubbed. It's like the audio is a little bit off or something, but they're still like they're mouthing English words. It, yeah. It, it was kind of weird. Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, when, when you're shooting, especially um, in like older movies that were shot in like Hong Kong and China, uh, a lot of the time they had to like 
re-record audio in post that's what it's yeah i think there was a lot of ABR but it's, it seemed like john claude van damme was the one that was doing the post recording <laughs> like, like the guy that was in charge of doing the recording had a similar grasp of english as john claude van damme <laughs> which is kind of interesting to think about um yeah this movie there's so many things so many little things about this movie that like are just like that's a really weird choice to make gets an awkward like it's awkward I, I i feel like one of the places that that's most apparent at the very beginning of the movie is during the flashback when you when he like meets uh, his shidoshi for the first time and he like tries to steal the sword it's just like the, that kid is really terrible <laughs> who plays y- you, young you know Frank. who's even worse yeah. is, um who's worse is the homies that yeah. They they told him to break in, like they're breaking yeah. in, and they hear one little noise, and they're like, "Let's get out of here!" And they just drop the swords and run away, like soft. <laughs> you rob the house, you go all the way. That, yeah. that kid. I, that I have good. to say, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little offended by the representation of Americans in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Because Let's talk like, about that. Um, we are with a few a few Americans throughout the course of the movie. Um, the first are the young hoodlums that break into the house with uh, young Frank. Um, and then the other one are the inept, like, federal agents or, like, military police or whatever they are, who are just, like, out of shape, have no real deductive power. Like, they just, like, go to the local police and be like, can, can you find this person for us? We can't find him. <laughs> um... And then, of course, there's uh, uh, Jackson, who is just very loud and kind of obnoxious throughout the whole movie. Um, Boy, is he. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like, we did not come out looking so hot in this movie, by and large. We it's... didn't, we didn't, but, <laughs> counterpoint, we won the Kumite, so, like... <laughs> he brought it home sure. in the end. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he got the dub, man. <laughs> that's right. So I like how he's like uh, <laughs> when we first see him, he's like in a in a like onesie. He's like wearing like a leotard. That's what he works out in. Um, yeah, and he's same. kicking a speed bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like yeah. okay, like I'm not I'm not gonna okay I'm not anybody to question somebody's workout routine. But I feel like there's a more efi- efficient tool you can use to practice kicking things than a speed bag, which is specifically made for, like, boxers to work on their hand speed. <laughs> well, Jean-Claude Van Damme does not use his hands much in this entire movie. He is a, he's a kicker. That's it, man. And uh, kicking a speed bag the way he did. Impressive stuff, though. Like that's oh, yeah. No doubt. They're high. <laughs> they're high off the ground. When you have that kind of flexibility... Why not? You show yeah, it yeah, off. I, kick, I kick one too. Yeah. Did you guys know that uh, Jean Claude Van Damme could do the splits? Oh yeah. I mean, because... if before this movie. Uh, well, I've seen this movie twenty-seven thousand times. So yeah. I've... I I I counted seven times. He did the splits. <laughs> I I kept a tally. After the second one, I'm like, okay, I'm keeping count. Like this is the, oh, this is a thing. Um, I want to talk about the training montage. The uh, uh, like a flashback. The flashback. Uh, yeah. training montage uh, where he's uh, after um, 
after his Shidoshi's son dies. Um, this is the and, longest flashback yeah, I think just, I've ever... It's a good I, I forgot it was a flashback at some point, <laughs> and then it cuts back to him, and he's still thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. I did get kind of confused, because I hadn't seen this movie for a while, and uh, the the son just abruptly dies. He's yeah. just dead. They, like, they, they just, don't even explain it. Like, what complete happened? just jump. Yeah, this is like a like a, a, a Ross, Rachel, off-cam sex, all of a sudden she's pregnant type thing. Like, <laughs> dude, just dead. <laughs> I'm like, well, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more about the destination. We don't need to know who he was or why he was important or how he died. We just have to know that he had a somewhat familiar, almost brotherly relationship with Jean-Claude or with, <laughs> uh, Frank. <laughs> um, and that, uh, you know, Frank had developed a very strong bond with his dad, making it like he's a second father. But I refer to the training montage at the let me beat the shit out of you montage at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> after the the other kid dies and he ends up being the sole person who's being trained, um, then <laughs> the his Shidoshi just starts like, beating the hell out of him and it's like he clearly doesn't seem like in all the time that he spent with him since he was a younger kid till then he like didn't really learn much in the fighting and like in how to fight and he's like just now teaching him because he just like doesn't get a shot in at all and just gets his ass kicked repeatedly (laughs) by this old man um and then he starts getting a little bit bit a little bit better so then he's like okay now i'm gonna grab sticks and beat the shit out of you with sticks because that's harder. <laughs> um, and then now you've gotten even better. I'm going to blindfold your ass and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> um, and then uh, you'll know that your training is done when you can perform a tea ceremony while blindfolded. And then once you've accomplished that, you graduate to just straight up torture. Where we're going to put you between some ropes and I'm just going to stretch your body out until you can't take it anymore. So, yeah, what is the point of that? I mean, I I understand, like, it shows him doing the splits again. But, like, what is the technique that is uh, behind that? Um, What could that possibly do? Jesus Um, didn't tap and neither will Jean-Claude Van Damme, homie. um, So there's another part, like... I think it might be just after that one where he's like doing like, you know, some sort of like meditative, like technique routine and the guy's just like smacking him in the back and in the stomach with sticks while he's doing it. Um, I think that that falls into the same category as being like stretched out on the thing. And <laughs> it's, it's uh, meant to teach you how to endure pain without like mm-hmm. succumbing to the pain. Okay. Plus, it looks really cool, yeah. which is the most important thing. <laughs> um, now, I, I have other, you know, questions as to the legitimacy of that te- training technique and the effectiveness of that training technique. Because, <laughs> um, like, I feel like just torturing somebody isn't really teaching them how to take pain. It's just causing them a lot of pain. <laughs> and then it's like... Wait, hon. I got a question. So you guys are telling me neither of you have spent time with some strange old man so, and he just beats the shit out of you? You guys haven't done that? Weird. Um, not since our time in the Three Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, beating the shit the out other of weird, us with a stick. 
The other weird training uh, thing was at the very beginning, and it's they're setting up blocks of ice amongst ropes, and they're just oh, at the, at the very there. beginning. The, yeah, the, the very very beginning. El- like the, and- yeah, they just explode <laughs> blocks of ice. Like I feel like that's a really weird, inefficient like thing to do. Like if you have, where do you get these blocks of ice from? Then you have to carry them out, and the one hit, they're just destroyed. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like you just had me carry 300 pounds of ice yeah. up this mountain for like literally 15 seconds worth of training. Mm-hmm. Like it's not you just smashed them to pieces. <laughs> and to even like tie them up with rope, like that wouldn't be easy. They'd be slippery. They'd be mm-hmm. wet. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but to each of their own. Yeah, and like I feel like most of the fighters that like we see throughout the course of the movie, like they had their little introduction of like their training, and all of their training is like smashing different things. There's like the big guy who's like smashing ice. There's like the big giant guy who's like throwing large packages at smaller people and then laughing at them. Um, there's the one guy who acts like a monkey who like jumps up in the tree and smashes coconuts with karate chops. Yeah, talk yeah, about that, that. that character. <laughs> um, then there's the the white guy who like does like these flying knee kicks into like giant, you know, like four by four inch <laughs> beams, and he can just like smash them with his with his knee. Like I, I don't care how strong your kick is. Like once you're in the air, you're like you can't add any more force to your kick. Like, you're flying through the air, and your weight, your momentum, those are the things that are giving you power if you're throwing your knee into somebody. So, like, I don't think, I highly doubt that that guy, at his size, would be able to generate enough force to just jump up and plow his way through a a (laughs) 4x4 like that. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I find that highly suspect. <laughs> I think if you're in the air and it like it's just like Superman, he just like f- tries to fly harder. <laughs> if you really believe you can kick harder in the air, I think you that force just comes from somewhere. You know, um, that's physics. That's physics. Physics. That's physics. <laughs> Hashtag physics. <laughs> um, our physics talk for the episode. Uh, we're going to have a new segment called Remington Science Corner, where he talks about <laughs> physics. Oh. <laughs> physics yeah. and movies. Hell yeah. I like this. Um, the, uh, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the cat and mouse game that Frank plays with the, uh, the like guys who are coming to get him from the military. Because he's like, yeah. he's AWOL and they're trying to capture him. And he's like, he's not trying to get away from them. He's just playing with them the entire time. It's like he escapes from the hotel. Then he like runs out into the street and just like hops over a fence like it's nothing. Hops over another fence. And he's like leaning on the fence, like waving at them as they're like waiting for cars to pass. And then like turns and runs around. And he like turns over and he's like acting like he's going to like try to juke him out. And then just turns and runs away. It's like he's yeah. just playing with these guys. He's not like they pose no threat to him whatsoever. <laughs> no, it was like a chase scene from the Three Stooges. All of a sudden, yeah, it was like, it, like it has no purpose in the movie. There's no reason for it to be there, and they uh, they just do bits the entire time. Like you got a little Three Stooges in my '80s kung fu movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it was just really funny. And then, like, he doesn't even do anything to get away from them. He would have just, like, kept playing with them. But they, like, couldn't walk on a boat without falling in the water. And so he just, like, turns around. Oh, yeah. bye, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite sequences in the, in the whole movie. It's just because it's, like, they're, like like really stressed out and like trying to chase him down and doing everything they can just to catch up to him. And he's just like, you know, he, he's, you know, Jerry from Tom and Jerry. He's, he's just playing with them. Yeah. You ain't going to get him. <laughs> Roadrunner never gets caught. But then we get into the, the actual fights of the movie. Um, now th- this is the thing that I, I thought I had remembered the most from watching this movie when I was younger. But the fight scenes are far less entertaining than I remember them being. Um, They are, like, just, like, really stilted and, like, you know, slow-moving kind of, uh, uh, you know, fight scenes. Like, I was expecting more, like, really quick, like, you know, fast-paced martial arts-style stuff, but it's just, like... I'm going to stand here, they say action, then I do a kick. Yeah, there's a lot of weird cuts, <laughs> a lot of like, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know fighting very well. I don't, you know, I'm not uh, the martial arts expert here, but I'm pretty sure that that wasn't martial arts <laughs> for most of those guys. I think each one of them had a different fighting style, right? Yes. Like, Every and that's why one. I like to. I like that. I like that everybody had a yeah, like unique, weird fighting style. Like, you know, what we know about fighting today is none of that shit works. Like, there's a very specific form of fighting that like works, like in the UFC and mixed martial arts, and it's like nothing that we saw in this movie, which is tight. You know, like you had the the strong, huge weirdos that just threw people, the brutes. You know, you had the kickers. You had the evil dude with the huge chest that just killed people, which is an interesting fighting style. You know, if you're just going to kill people, pretty good fighting style. Um, so yeah, they mixed it up and that was, that was cool. It kind of gives some, some charm to the, to the movie. Um, yeah. Um, it's, okay. So speaking of interesting fighting styles, um, the one fight scene that I think is probably the funniest um, is the fight between Dukes and the big giant guy. Yes. Um, I, I, I really do enjoy that fight because it's like he's kicking him and it's like he's clearly having an impact on the guy even though he's supposed to be huge, you know, but like he always recovers immediately from anything, any hit or punch he does to him. Um, and it starts out by kind of Dukes being thrown around the ring um, and then... The guy finally, the, the giant guy finally gets a hold of him and, uh, like, drags, starts out by dragging him across the, uh, the ring, the fighting, the fighting platform, um, by one of his legs, forcing him into another split. Um, and it seemed like that one was painful. For whatever reason, that split was the one that he was not okay <laughs> he with. He wasn't ready for that one. So he didn't stretch that day. Um, but then the giant gets him into this big bear hug. And that was like his fatal flaw. Because he was doing real good in the fight up until this moment. And he gets him in a bear hug. And Dukes decides to just start punching him in the head with his forehead. It's like his technique for headbutting isn't like I'm going to headbutt you. It's like I'm going to jab with my head. 
Yeah. Um, like a ram. Yeah. Like they kind of <laughs> like throw that shit or a giraffe. They kind of um, whip it. And like while he's being held by this big guy, he gets like multiple shots in with his forehead against this guy's face. Um, and then he uh, he ends this guy by dropping down to the ground, I think in another split, if I remember correctly, and then just punches him right in the balls, and it's like he's out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, if that's allowed, I feel like I would win a lot of these fights. That's, that's the best special move of all time. You cannot mess with the split uppercut nut shot. That's unfuckwithable. That's the best move I've ever seen in fighting. It's, no one can defend yeah. Yeah, he'd be the undisputed UFC champion of the world if you could punch people in the nuts. You know, if that was legal, Frank Duke's undefeated. Um, it's just it's just great. I feel like that move is like maybe one of the most creative moves that we see in the whole movie. It's the most effective move we see in the movie. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Change, changes the match. Yeah. Um. And really just, like, makes me question what everybody else is, like, like doing. Like, nobody else thought of that. Everyone else went up against this big, huge guy that you cannot do anything to stop. And you didn't think, what if I just, like, hit him in the balls really hard? <laughs> hit him in the nuts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the move, you know? As, as a smaller guy growing up, you know, I never really got into fights. But nut shots, throat shots, you got to keep Bro. those things in mind. And Guys. Uh, the, I, uh, since the various and uh this anything goes in uh, the kumite obviously so yeah i've been going for the nuts all day yeah i mean he's in a competition where people literally are fighting to the death um mm -hmm. so like you know whatever you need to do to survive oh yeah that's what you do mm -hmm. i mean nice shots don't like don't misunderstand me thinking this is funny by me saying that like I wouldn't do this to somebody. If I get in a fight with somebody, you better believe I'm going to use every tool at my disposal to keep that person from hurting me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, not I've been sure working to kick on someone in the balls right away. I've been working on that that split <laughs> split uppercut for a long time. Yeah, too, I can't so. pull that off. I'm just going to grab you by the shoulders and <laughs> kick you in the nuts as hard as I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh when he's trying to like prove his worth to like get into the tournament and the bricks are all yes. set up you know oh, physics yes. this is my this is my topic my <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say <laughs> yeah yeah so so like most people think that if you break the bottom brick all the other bricks on top would have to break as well but if you focus your chi and your energy correctly like like frank dukes did uh it's like uh kicking the bottom brick that's the nuts of the uh, human basically so that's why he was able to displace that energy and blow the brick up because he was treating it like a ball interesting so you're <laughs> saying that he doesn't actually have to hit you with with a, a ball hit that he could punch you in the face so hard that your nuts explode <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's exactly how his punches work man it's, it's a wild move but i i think the only explanation is he has uh the force <laughs> Um, the, the other thing that I, I want to point out, the, uh, Jackson is his name, is his friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jackson. Uh, the guy's a total douchebag. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. why does, so he, he befriends this guy for some reason. Uh, and, uh, so when, you know, the, the, uh, the evil villain guy, uh, 
when when uh, when he takes him down, like like why are we supposed to care? Like <laughs> this douchebag just got his ass kicked. Like this guy, yeah. is like, you know. Uh, um, the, his line, his first line in the movie, while he's boxing and like training at the beginning, a guy goes up to him and is like, "You're gonna really fight in that? Like people die in that kind of thing." And he's like, "Only if you screw up." And it's like, <laughs> like you, like you end up screwing okay, that's, up. That's not ominous. <laughs> it's like you clearly lost sight of what you were doing in that fight, and you were going up against the best guy the reigning champ and you like knock him down once and you're like yeah i'm the shit no that that's my favorite part of the entire movie favorite part of the time right so the what chong lee is the villain's name right chong lee right 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 right. Uh, um so jackson knocks him on the ground and he basically instantly turns around and goes he's dead I killed him. He's dead. And like the guy is clearly not dead, my dude. Like what what is happening? And which allows him to get up and of course go on to win the fight. So uh, bold strategy, you know, knocking someone down and proclaiming that you just murdered a man. <laughs> also, a little too happy knowing you just killed somebody right. if that's your thought. Yeah. A little weird, but yeah, and, and Dukes was trying to give him, you know, uh, some advice before. He's like, you know, hit him in, in hit him in the stomach, and he's just like denying it, like, you know, like, what are you, di- what are you talking about, whatever, like, you know, just doesn't want his advice at all. But it's like, dude, you were just saying how deadly this guy is, and you know, clearly Jean Claude is a good fighter. Like, I, like, why wouldn't you just listen to your friend? And while he's like jumping around celebrating, he's like, no, like he's still he's still there. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And the guy's just like. I'm awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could have he could have died. I, I would. Yeah, no. Um, I felt no relief when I saw him like recovering in the hospital. I was like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh, good. Yeah. You mean by recovering him like being really drunk while still being hospitalized yeah. for his injuries? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like. I'll drink to that. And it's like, dude, you have an open head wound. It's bleeding right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's this weird, like, character of, like, like a biker dude mixed with Hulk Hogan. And they just, like, yeah, this is what Americans are like. Yeah. Like, this guy. They they bonded over video games. um, And then by the end of the movie, uh, he's like, wherever, whenever. If you need me, I'm there. And he's like, I love you, friend. It's like, you guys have known each other for like four days. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And like, what situations are, am I going to be in where I need Jackson to help me? You know, besides, besides like fighting somebody, I suppose. Like, what, what could I possibly need Jackson for? I don't, I don't think many. Like, uh... uh... Frank is off on some like you know military mission in some like foreign country. <laughs> he's like gonna pick up the phone. He's like, "I need you here. <laughs> Come through. Bring the Harley." <laughs> yeah. It's like we need to we need to be real subtle about this. Fly under the radar. I know exactly who I'm gonna call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frankie! <laughs> Don't worry, I'm here. <laughs> Everyone, we're right here. <laughs> Don't worry. My best friend, Frank Dukes, and I are going to handle this situation. It's like, Jesus. I knew I called the right person. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one of the, the fights that I uh, that I thought was 
uh, worth mentioning. There's that other tall guy that he fights, and he's like doing this thing to him, yeah. and uh, the guy doesn't even throw a punch. No, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he knocks him out with like two hits. He like gets a foot to the face even... immediately when they say go, <laughs> and just yeah. like falls down like a tree, and then stands up and just gets kicked off the platform. <laughs> It's also interesting that, like, you know, these are, like, quote-unquote fights of the deaths, but that after you win the fight, you can just go and murder the person if you want to, which I think that's a little bit different than, like, a, than like a fight to the death. Like, yeah. you have full reign to go snap somebody's neck after you win. Yeah, and it's like... God, like... So there, there's the whole part where uh, Chung Lee, like, just straight-up murders a dude in the ring... And then, like, everybody's still, like, chanting his name, like, yeah, this guy just fucking murdered someone. Um, and then the guys who the guys who are in charge, the, the uh, you know, I forget the, the name of the order, but the uh, big head guys that run the tournament just, like, stand up yeah. and then turn their backs to him, like, shame. in shame. shame. But, like... See you next fight! And then everyone in the audience is like, oh, yeah, I guess... Him murdering that guy wasn't a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they all like start to shun him too. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, guys, but like, first of all, you know that this is like gonna happen. This guy has murdered somebody in the ring before. We heard a story okay. about him kicking a guy in the throat and just watched him die. Um and you invited him back to this tournament <laughs> again. Right. And so like you know, you guys are trying to high road him a little bit here when you don't really have the high road to stand on. Yeah, they're they're going crazy from the very next fight he was in. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very short memories. Sorry. I was just uh, in that first conversation that Jackson and, and Dukes have. Uh, Dukes, or uh, Jackson says something to the effect of, like, aren't you a little young for full contact or something like that? And, uh, mm. Like Mike Tyson was heavyweight champ at 21 years old. Like, what are we talking about? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I think Frank Dukes is definitely old enough. If he's you know fighting or looking like that, he could be okay. Um, but I thought that was like a he calls him kid the entire movie. It's like a patronizing thing that Jackson does yeah. throughout the film, which is another reason. Like, why does Frank Dukes like this guy at all? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the the real Frank Dukes. Uh, in 1975, when this movie was supposed to have taken place, was 19. There, there you go. Plenty so young is, for folk, or plenty old. Jean Claude Van Damme supposed to be like 19? I think so, <laughs> like an early military dude, but for whatever reason, he's like a really respected. Yeah, isn't he like a, he's like a captain or something in the military, or like a like he's he's a high ranking. Uh, Fairly high he's, yeah. kind, right? he's so high ranking that when he goes rogue and, and AWOL, like they have to go a full search <laughs> yeah. for this guy and send other yeah. high ranking military officials to find the dude. That's how important this guy is. I mean, I imagine him as some sort of like Rambo-esque capable soldier, right? Yeah. I mean, that's right. that's what we're supposed to be led to believe. Like clearly all the other people, yeah. all the other military that we see in the movie are like far below his like capabilities <laughs> um and the i felt like the general at the beginning was a little like that character just seemed really unnecessary and they didn't need to even like 
put those parts in there. He's just like, the guy walks into his office and he's like, he escaped. He went into the showers. I went to check on him and he was gone. And then he's just like screaming at this guy who got like outsmarted by what I'm assuming is the best soldier that that either of them have ever seen. Um, And then he's like, I don't want to see your face again unless his face is with it or something like that. And he's with you. And it's like, but we never see that guy again. It's not like he goes to Hong Kong to help the other guys look for it. It's like, how, how does that play out for that? (laughs) <laughs> that guy who he was just, like, supposed to retrieve him. He's he like, just got to avoid the <laughs> avoid the cat the the uh, general on base until Jean Claude comes back. <laughs> like, what's the Kumite over, man? Get back here, please. <laughs> he's like calling uh, Forrest Whitaker on the phone every other night, and he's like, "Dude, you got to hurry up and get this guy. <laughs> like, I can't keep hiding." Uh, that, that was another thing about those guys is like every time Forrest Whitaker's character started to say something like there was a lot of times where the other like older guy older white guy that was with him would just like cut him off and disregard everything that he just said and it's like I that was never really explored or explained like why is this guy like always cutting him off why doesn't he let him like be able to say things or like react in a natural way to the things that are happening around him it's just he's clearly Forrest Whitaker is clearly the best actor in this entire movie (laughs) and half the time he's not even allowed to like his character's not even allowed to finish his idea because he's being interrupted by the other guy um which is just kind of a shame That, that, but that's what perfectly symbolizes this movie. I feel like that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like they have a they have a guy that can actually shine as an actor, you know. And they're just like, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. None of that. We need fools who can barely speak the English language. That's what we're going for. Sure, yeah. Right across the board. The uh, there's that one scene real quick where the homies he got his gold tooth knocked out of his head and like the custodian oh uh, that's worth mentioning yeah, yeah yeah he like runs up real quick and like sticks it in his, yeah. his mouth it's like, oh, yeah, like, oh yeah it's good <laughs> i don't know i thought that was funny and pretty wild but uh, it was a cool little idea too yeah that's one of the images from the movie that has always stuck with me that's like one of the things i was like waiting to happen when i was first re-watching the movie i was like i can't remember when it happens but i remember that guy like going to clean up the blood and like stealing a golden tooth <laughs> Dude, this is awesome uh, in the scene before that with the that same guy who gets the tooth knocked out of his head where he's like trying to i guess rape the girl at the bar yeah yeah he wanted to take her back and rape her yeah yeah, um, yeah. and he's yeah, like not great uh they like do the the coin trick yeah. And then he just like closes his hands and like ha 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 you lose the coin thing like I can I can buy it like maybe somebody like Bruce Lee can do something like that now but, like, before we get to the, fight, the coin like, I mean that's it, some David Blaine shit so he like <laughs> yeah early in the in the training montage he did the the blindfold he serves tea and then he catches the punch yes blindfolded you know whatever he fights uh, blindfolded then. Uh, the brick thing doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, you know, I, like going into this last fight, 
I just accepted like he has some kind of superpower. He has the force. He has, you know, some kind of uh, some kind of power that uh, these other guys don't have. That's a, that's uh, an interesting point. Is is Frank Dukes just a really good magician? <laughs> you know, like he might. He might just be one of the greatest street magicians we've ever seen. And because his prowess of street magic is so advanced, it also translates into fighting a little bit. It would, naturally, I would think. Yeah, I, mean, I want to see David Blaine get in the ring, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, I want to see like, oh. Chris Angel oh. fight Ronda Rousey. He's like, what's that behind your ear, <laughs> Is this your card? I don't know. Give me my arm back. Give me my arm back. <laughs> have you ever wondered what it feels like to have your testicles explode from a punch to the jaw? <laughs> Rhonda's like, I'm a woman. <laughs> but I have like, been curious oh, what that feels like. I've never trained for this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Gotta get a new my, my signature move is gone. <laughs> I have your wristwatch. <laughs> um, okay, so going into the final fight, um, we we not there. There was always uh, this kind of like build up that uh, uh, Chung Lee is clearly the best fighter around. He's been the champ for years, um, so he's always been the 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 mountain that our hero has to overcome you know he's always been mm -hmm. the, the main obstacle but because his uh new best friend jackson <laughs> almo almost died to him now we have emotional stakes in this as well right um i guess this maybe time? we had some emotional stakes from when like him trying to prove himself to his shidoshi i guess was yeah. like what they were trying to do with it originally but we needed more emotional stakes this time it's personal this time it's personal and so he goes after or he they go into the fight and um you know they they trade a couple punches but clearly uh frank is the better fighter um he's just kind of uh you know countering and taking him down whenever he needed and uh uh chung lee uh I, I don't know how often he cheats in matches, but um, this is the only time we clearly see him, like, going for a, an additional substance to, like, fight. And it's not like you can throw powder into somebody's eyes without anybody noticing. No. So it's like, is this just allowed at this in this fight? Nobody did anything. <laughs> Nobody did anything to him. They're like, it's it's in the bylaws. You can throw chalk. Like yeah. no one knew this. No one read the rules of the kumite. Like because rule like, one, there's no rules. <laughs> rule two, you can throw chalk. <laughs> because like, if that's not something that can get you disqualified from the fight, then I'm okay with him doing it. <laughs> like, if yeah, this is I mean, if this is yeah. really like anything goes, if, if like playing field. If, Anybody can do uh, it. Frank can just like nut punch the, his, <laughs> his opponents <laughs> and like win. Why can't Chung Lee throw chalk and win? Like if we're fighting dirty, let's fight and, like, dirty. The, <laughs> like the, the the referee guy, like 
you can just like kick his ass and no, nobody cares. Like, <laughs> just like, like wrestling. grabbing him and throwing him around. Yeah. Or jump off his back. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you knock him out so he can't do the three counts call. Like, he's, right. he's fantastic. And, like, and what's okay, the point of having a ref? What, when yeah, no what rules? is the point of the ref at all? <laughs> if anything goes. Yeah. To be like, if, oh, if, let's keep this clean, gentlemen. Like, no. I get to kill people. That's why I'm invited here. Yeah. <laughs> My thing. Apparently, I'm also results... allowed to kill you, so back off, man. <laughs> <laughs> the rules say I can kill anyone in this room at any time. That is the Kumite. That is the, that is the Kumite way. It's like a Conor, Conor McGregor when he was walking to the ring one time just, like, snapped somebody's neck in the crowd, and everyone's like, yeah, that... <laughs> Uh, that place that place yeah you stood too close that that was on you (laughs) you know this guy's deadly (laughs) like that's just the world we live in nowadays (laughs) you don't come to a match unless you're ready for consequences Mm -mm. that's right that's right (laughs) that's on you like could you imagine like going to like a football game but like instead of having the stands like you have like field side seats and people just being like tackled from the field into the stands. <laughs> You're just like, oh well, like, they shouldn't have gone to see a football game. <laughs> I'm in so much pain right now. <laughs> a 330 pound lineman just put his cleat on my neck. <laughs> it's it would be much safer for the uh, for the, the the players. They would have much more cushion on those falls out of, out of bounds. <laughs> Good point. There's an old clip of like Sha- Shaquille O'Neal when he was on the Suns, and he like there's a ball headed towards the bench, and he starts like running to like try to grab the ball and throw it back in bounds, and the entire bench clears out when they see him running towards him because they think he's gonna dive into him. Like every single guy, all like ten dudes just run away, and Shaq never even ends up like diving. It's very tight. Um. So yeah, Chung Lee decides. He's going to be a punk and throws the chalk, um, which is, you know, I guess a dick move. But when, like, we're grading on a scale of people, like, he, he murdered a guy yesterday. Like, this is not the worst thing he's done this week. <laughs> this is probably not the worst thing he's done since he woke up this morning. Um, killing, killing a man, putting another guy in the hospital, and then grabbing that dude's headband and wearing it yeah. to taunts. The friend of the guy he put in the hospital, it kind of dick moves. Yeah, a lot of dick moves by this guy. Um, but he never like fully capitalizes on this benefit, like this the strategy that he's come up with, where he's like, I'm gonna throw chalk in his eyes, then I'm gonna slowly move around next to him <laughs> until he gets yeah, his I mean, he, <laughs> he, he, Yeah, he he let him scream for like 45 seconds, and then he decided to do something. Um, and it took great it took, stream, by the way. Yeah, that was that oh, was yeah. that's yeah, one that of my best stream. like moments from Jean Claude is that moment when he like realizes yeah. he's blind and he just like freaks out over it. It's good. It's, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I just watched that that part that like ten second clip over and over on a loop for like six. That's hours. probably what the director said after that. <laughs> it, it's good. Like this is work. this is why we got him. This is why we got John Claude Van Damme. Um, 
And it takes him. It takes a little bit for Jean Claude's uh, or Frank's uh, training to kick in. It's like you specifically trained for this kind of thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, <that's> coincidence. <laughs> Um, but like, as soon as you lose your sight, you're just like, ah, I can't do anything. And then you like, the guy gets a couple of cheap shots in before you realize you like calm down and you're like, wait, I can endure any pain. That's why my Shidoshi tortured me on a human, human stretching thing. Um, he also kicked the shit out of me while I was blindfolded for years. So like... I got that. I can do the whole tea ceremony thing. Like, I got this. (laughs) Um, And then he can, like, just sense when somebody's near him. And apparently he's, it's, like, so refined that he can actually tell the difference from different people. Because uh, Chung Lee throws the uh, ref at him. And he, like, is about to hit him but then realizes, oh, wait, this is the ref. And then he's, like, protecting him. Like in the ring, yeah. it's like you didn't protect this guy while you had your sight. Why are you protecting him now? It's so good, dude. He's like fucking. He's daredevil all of a sudden. Yeah, he's just vision is just though I can see. I see better now. Yeah. <laughs> you take away one sight, the rest of my my senses grow stronger. Like. You just gave me the advantage of a lifetime. <laughs> Another mistake you made, fool. Um. And then, like, we, he just starts getting his ass kicked, like, merciless. Like, better than when he had his sight, he starts, like, taking over the fight. And just, like, there's nothing that Chung Lee can do to stop him. Uh, he does the, like, constant windmill kick thing while he, like, yeah. keeps progressively getting closer and closer to him. Um, I can't imagine there's that much power in that kick. <laughs> it, it didn't even really look like it was making contact. Yeah, he was just he was just kicking over the top of his head repeatedly. Yeah, you're just letting them know. He's like, hey, like any time, man. <laughs> He's like, I'm just gonna keep doing this. As soon as you get close enough to me, eventually I'll knock you out. Um, and then he like finally gets him on the ground, totally bloodied, and is like about to snap his neck. He's like holding his head there and he's like, he guys, he's like doing his like crazy eyes. Like I can't, I can't see what's going on, but he's like, sad, sad. <laughs> he's like holding onto this guy's head and you know, he forces uh, the best fighter that the Kumite has ever known to, uh, uh, you know, shout Mate to, to tap out. Mm. It's like, wow. You know, he, he didn't have the, the spirit of a warrior. Like, uh, like our boy Frank does. No, mm-hmm. no. If you if it's defeat or getting your neck snapped, you get your neck snapped, man. I mean, you know that's that's the true Kumite I, way. Honestly, that's what I would have expected from Chung Lee, but he really let me down. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, that that chest really is for nothing. It's just all show, man. All show. <laughs> it's like okay. Another thing that we didn't really talk about, but the, everybody's first fights that happen. Uh, when they first get to the Kumite, um, Chung Lee is like his arms are down and his head's back, and he's just like slowly walking towards his opponent. And then he like does something really fast, and then he's just like again like slowly walking with his arms down to his opponent. And then he like finishes the guy, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I hold the record, 16 second knockout." And then like Jean Claude, who it, or Frank, I keep calling him <laughs> by his real name, Frank. Uh, goes in there and is actually like, oh, I mean business. I'm just going to knock this guy out and does it two seconds faster. 
And like Chung Lee's reaction is like, what? You you were faster <laughs> than me? It's like, dude, you could have done it in half the time had you just stopped fucking around and just like go at the guy. But you were the one who cost you so much time. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh, uh uh Jackson's first fight also, where he just like he also finishes the guy like really fast. Um which, like, I think if you actually time it, like, it's a pretty it's close time to probably faster, else's. yeah. Um, and then he's just like covered in blood, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, freaky, you see that guy? You see him? Yeah, yeah." It's just this character is too much, like, <laughs> and I can't help but feel like he is trying to be representative of what people think of Americans, and it's upsetting to me. Yeah, no, he was he was a poorly woven stereotype for sure, yeah. but. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> like no actual fighting skill or technique either. He's just kind of brutish. Yeah. You know, he's like he like, He's not even that great a shape. He just like No, he's oh, just a, do, he's just a guy. Anyone I can. <laughs> and like how does how does a guy like that hear about the Kumite? He like got I understand somebody was like, right. Ooh, we need yeah. this guy in this competition. Yeah. Like yeah. that that dude down in Texas who gets in bar fights all the time, that's the dude who we need. You know, like I understand how like Frank Dukes gets invited, you know, uh better than I understand a, a Jackson. But yeah, Um, alrighty guys, I wanna talk to you about the real Frank Dukes. Oh, are we we're gonna get into this? We are getting into this. Are we gonna get into um, the guy that thinks he's part of the Kumite? And uh, <laughs> did you read about that I, clown? I, I have some uh, I, I have some facts about the real Frank Dukes. Um, so Frank Dukes is a real person. Um, he's uh, you, there's even a credit to him at the end of the movie before uh, Jean Claude gets onto the plane. That's saying that this was based on true events. Um, uh, the by uh, uh, that in, happened to the real guy Frank Dukes. So Frank Dukes was born in Toronto, Canada, in 1956. Canadian? He's Canadian. Um, French Canadian. <laughs> um, from the years 1975 to the year 1981, he served in the Marine Corps uh, reserves. He was uh, one of the most decorated veterans of Vietnam in the Southeast Asian War or a Asian conflict. He gained accommodations for valor, self-sacrifice, clandestine operations behind enemy lines, and even received the Medal of Honor. Pretty good. Um, from 1975 to 1980, he fought in 329 matches. Um, he retired undefeated. What, wait, wait, what, what type of matches were these? Where was he fighting? Um, as the, he, he, so he retired undefeated as the world heavyweight full contact Kumite champ. <laughs> um, uh, he still holds he world records that include the fastest knockout, 3.2 seconds. Oh, the yeah? fastest punch with a knockout, 0. 0.42 seconds. 
Um, and like that's a stat that they <laughs> the most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament. Fifty six consecutive knockouts in a single tournament. Why would anybody fight this guy sense. if any of this is real? Why would anybody see this dude in the ring? Um, <laughs> he was recruited by CIA director William J. Casey. Um, he, uh, where he carried out many different missions, uh, including uh, blowing up a supply depot in Nicaragua. Uh, oh yeah, that's CIA's favorite thing is destroying South American countries. So shout out Frank Dukes. Um, his father was a Mossad agent. Mm. Proud McGraw. Uh, the icing on the cake. The sword that he won as the prize from the Kumite that he was a world champion of. Um, which apparently was a competition that actually took place in the Bahamas. Uh, to which he was the first person they ever let speak publicly about it. It was a secret uh, uh, competition for years before that. He was the only person that talked about it? He's the only person that the organization allowed to talk publicly about it. That's why nobody's ever heard of it before. (laughs) (laughs) It's Fight Club, babe. Um, Talk about Fight Club. We know this. The sword that he won as a prize from that kumite... He sold for cash in a failed attempt to buy a boat full of orphans that he later saved from pirates before he foiled an assassination attempt on Steven Seagal. (laughs) I I can't even wrap my head around that. Um, so there's a lot to what is his rela- what is his relation to Steven Seagal um, they're both fake martial arts Steven people that's Seagal the relation a whole other can of worms which I'm not going to get into now I went on a, a, a little bit <laughs> a detour when I was looking up information on all of this about how and Steve, the, Steven Seagal has been like uh, ties into this he has no he has like ties to like you know sex workers and like oh he's got all kinds, all kinds of, of crazy yeah. shit like he has a um like a reggae album that he did yeah. back in the day oh where it's like he comes on and he's like i love the punani yeah i love the punani yeah it's steven seagal yeah and <laughs> at different times steven seagal has claimed that he's italian of italian descent and then he's also claimed that he's of japanese descent um <laughs> and uh in more recent years, he's taken on more like a like a big city, like New York or LA kind of vibe, um, and he speaks primarily in ebonics. Hmm. Hmm. That guy. That guy really doesn't know who he is as a <laughs> but, human. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Stephen Scott right now. <laughs> There's already you, a ton to unpack with Frank Dukes. Yeah. Did you also mention pirates? Yes. I yeah. Yeah. Pirates. <laughs> Yeah, Yo. <laughs> let, me, let me just read that last that last little yeah. <laughs> thing again. The sword that he won as the prize from the Kumite, the reason he doesn't have the sword anymore is because he had to sell it in order to get cash so he could uh, buy a boat full of orphans. But that scheme fell through for one reason or another. I don't know exactly the whole story, but that's that scenario fell through. But it's okay because he later 
saved those same orphans from pirates. Mm. From where? What ocean? What? Where? where, where, where? <laughs> um, is this off? Like they said, he's from Canada. Is he from like Toronto? Is this just in the Atlantic? Like there's pirate <laughs> orphan ships out there that we don't know about. It's like um, this. I I assume this is from his time in the CIA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and yes, all of that took place before he foiled the assassination attempt on Steven Seagal. On Steven Seagal, okay, thank God. You know, like because you know, like national security and like dealing with things of uh, saving like, orphans as insidious as orphans, yeah, ships. The same guy also is in charge of Steven Seagal security detail. Yeah. I understand that. That makes sense to me. You know, when you when you have a big job like that, you call in the best. Uh, who am I to, to to judge something like that? I get it. Um, I want to so see that. Movie. Let's let's start unpacking this a little bit. Um, uh, the uh, world record for the fastest knockout and the fastest punch with a knockout, um, and then like th- those aren't. Like, the fastest knockout is a real thing that w- people would track. Sure. But yes. that's, yeah, that's also, like, the total length of the match. Right. Um, to my knowledge, I've never heard of, in any kind of fighting organization, people standing by the sidelines with a stopwatch to time how fast your punch is while yeah, no. you're knocking somebody out. And what was what was the time on the punch again? Uh, 0.42 <laughs> seconds. Point four two, so it's a half a second punch almost. Yes. No way, man! Oh, you, <laughs> dude, fools rip off way quicker punches than a half a second. Uh, like Mike Ty- Mike Tyson could throw like current Mike Tyson throws like four punches in half a second. We see how fast that dude still got the. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> um, and then most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament. It's Fifty-six knockouts in one tournament. Um, yeah, how many what, are in this? That's the biggest tournament of all time. <laughs> yeah, like, like, is that even possible? How many people the NCAA, could you possibly have for a tournament of that size? The NCAA tournament starts out with what, like, sixty-four or sixty-two 64. teams, something like that, and you play what five games to get to the championship, <laughs> and you win yeah, like five, yeah, five or so, like six rounds total, I think. We're, we're so we're talking right? like something tens. Like Tens of thousands, maybe like a hundred thousand people were in this tournament for him <laughs> to reel million. off fifty-six, yeah, like, and we don't even know. It, it was fifty-six consecutive. That means he could have fought sixty people, seventy people. Who knows? That was just the streak he had going in this right, right, tournament. Right. So there's some crazy well, legs going on. Because like uh, when you're doing a bracket like that, like the number of people double every time. Like, it, like, it, like if you start match. at the champion and go back the number of people competing double every single time, right? Right, right. So there's yeah, two people you... for the final match, there's four people in the semifinals, and yeah. then there would be eight people in the round before that. It doubles yeah. every time. It gets pretty big, so, yeah. So it has to be me, thousands of people. Just, uh... Yeah, there's, there's so <laughs> many. I, I'm, I am going to look this one up. Sorry, Jean-Claude. This is worth me looking up right now while we're doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I that's think like millions. That's like, yeah, like like I said, a hundred thousand. It might be more than that. It's probably more than that. And I, as I was thinking about it, as we were talking, I think he's from Belgium. Actually, I think John Claude. John Claude. Yeah, I think he's from Belgium, but I could be wrong on that too. They eat crepes there. He's from some place that eats crepes. Mm. You know, I like crepes. I do too. There, there's a skinny pancake. 
It's basically, yeah, really it's a pancake. Uh, Fun fact, too, about Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if he was doing this during uh, filming Bloodsport, but I think it was like Kickboxer and a couple other movies. But that fool was doing like 10 grams of coke a day doing these movies. Like, that dude's heart is insanely strong, man. Like, 10 grams <laughs> of coke is a hell of a lot of cocaine. <laughs> and I understand his tolerance is up and everything, but like, Apparently he would just do a lot of cocaine and then like train his moves and like work on his body and uh, pretty cool stuff. Just sweating all the time with his shirt off, uh, getting ready to do fight movies. I think. Kumate. Kumate. <laughs> um, what comes after trillion? <laughs> quadrillion. Uh, 36 quadrillion. quadrillion. 28 trillion 797 billion 18 million 963,968. I was pretty close to my 100,000 prediction. I'm good at math and um, physics, clearly. So there was more so that's... people than exist than have the ever history existed. Of, the history of mankind ever by, yeah. by a ton. Yeah. Um, were involved in this tournament. Or Good. for some reason, you even though you lost a fight, you got to keep fighting. Yeah, maybe <laughs> would have to be like, the rule. Yeah. But um, I mean, if like people are dying, like. <laughs> but only Frank Dukes is allowed to talk about it. Um. Yeah. All our parents were involved <laughs> with this. You're fighting allowed tournament. to stay in the tournament <laughs> tournament until Frank Dukes knocks you out. Then you're gone. <laughs> there was 56 total yeah. people in the tournament. Hell yeah. One man versus all of them. Um, okay. And let's talk about his record. My dad got knocked out by Frank Dukes. Facts. Um, let's talk about his record. Um, so the record I told you is the current amended fighting record that he claims right now. Originally, um, back in, I think, the 90s, his... Uh, or right after the fight had fights had happened, um, his record was uh, three hundred and twenty one uh, wins, seven draws, and one loss. Um, yeah, who was that? But then Steven Seagal. <laughs> years later, he amended the those those numbers uh mm. that he gave about how impressive his record was um to zero losses zero draws and uh. 329 victories <laughs> hell yeah hell so yeah this, this guy's just full of shit yeah this guy is Yo, uh, i'm i'm amending my bank accounts I, and i have billions of dollars yeah. now that i just checked um this guy <laughs> is either the single most impressive fighter <laughs> we have ever, like, seen. Yeah. Or <laughs> he's maybe not telling the truth. <laughs> uh, Occam's Razor says the latter in this situation. Um, but, yeah, dude, maybe uh, him and Steven Seagal really are the tag team champions of the universe. And we didn't know. Um, so as before, I mentioned that 
from the years 1975 to the years 1981, he served in the Marine Corps Reserves. Um, and I also mentioned that he was one of the most decorated veterans of Vietnam and South Asian, uh, Southeast Asian conflict. There should be some, some record of this guy then. Um, there is a record of him being part of the Marine Corps Reserves from 1975 to 1981. That is an established fact. There actually is a record of him in the military. The problem with him having all these accommodations from the Vietnam War is that the Vietnam War ended in 1975. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so the same year he enlisted is the same year that the war ended. He's like still in Saigon, like, oh, we, we got this. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and the, the accommodations that he's gotten, I'll remind you, um, are the, uh, he got an accommodation for valor, self-sacrifice, um, clandestine <laughs> operations behind enemy lines, mm. and the Medal of Honor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we very much know everyone who has a Medal of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not many people. <laughs> keep in mind, in his, uh... Uh, uh, military service like record. Die. There is no you like die for the Medal of, of Honor. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, like pretty much most people get the Medal of Honor by via death. Like that's most people. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> the uh, he says he was recruited by the CIA director William J. Casey, who claims he has never met him ever. Um, John Dukes's or Frank Dukes's uh, recollection of how he first met him was in a urinal, mm. and that's apparently where he was recruited. Was at the urinal. So, so Frank um, Dukes is like a crazy homeless person who was just hanging out in the bathroom. Uh, uh, Frank Dukes claims that his dad was a Mossad agent. Um. But the years that he claimed his dad was a Mossad agent, the organization did not exist. Didn't exist, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, Israel's not that old. Like, we... <laughs> um, uh, Mossad was formed in 1949. And him <laughs> saying his dad was there was uh, a little while before that. Fire. Um, I, I don't really have any hard facts that dispute... <laughs> the orphan pirate Steven Seagal story, but uh, do I need any? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we were all on the same page before we knew all the hard facts. Um, yeah, and it was like when I so the first thing that I read when I was going through all of these things was his record for like his his records that he holds and his uh uh you know records for how many uh uh fights or uh, uh people he's fought in matches was and his like victory rate those are the first things I read and I'm like this seems unreal <laughs> How did I not hear about this until right now? This is amazing. Um, there was another one that said like the fastest kick with a knockout, but I took that one off because it didn't measure it in the same metric as all the mm. other ones. All the other ones were measured in time. This one was measured at 72 miles an hour. 
<laughs> the fastest kick by knockout was 72 miles an hour, apparently. So someone's got like a radar gun also. And there's like so there's one full yeah. of a stopwatch and one's got a radar gun. So, I mean... I'd take your head off. His, that, his like. kicks are pretty fast. His punches yeah. are incredibly slow. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that was represented accurately in the movie. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, he relied only on the legs, really. Um, yeah, there's a couple other fun facts about how he, in 1993, he challenged a kickboxer, an actual kickboxer to a fight and was just mercilessly beaten. Um, <laughs> and so like the the record that he carries for his like wins in matches it, the number hasn't changed despite the fact that he publicly lost this other fight <laughs> um, yeah. but he doesn't count that one because he claims that his opponent sucker punched him with brass, brass knuckles oh okay um, that claim was refuted by everybody else who was watching this happen but you know coming from a guy that doesn't even need to see to fight <laughs> that's right that's right this is he's he's the greatest uh fighter warrior soldier pirate this world has ever seen like this guy is a really accomplished human being he, he's so unbelievable it's almost like he's not believable um he went on for a long time talking about how he was part of the CIA and all these different operations that he was a part of so much so that the CIA, an organization that has, uh, you know, that is notorious for misinformation and not being frank about their operations made a public announcement saying they had no association with this guy. And even though this isn't something they normally do to the, the, they still felt that there was so many misleading stories. They had to chime in and say that they have no affiliation with this guy. <laughs> That's actually the most impressive thing that guy ever did was yeah. like get his, his fibs to like such a high level that the CIA who, yeah, they don't care what you say about them in the slightest uh, because it's the CIA. They're like, yeah, we probably say something about this crazy guy. <laughs> um, his Shidoshi in real life, who shared the name with the character in the movie, uh, uh, I forget his first name, Tanaka was his last name. Uh, he was, um, he shares a name with the bad guy from a James Bond novel. You only die twice, or mm. I think yeah, that's what it's. You... Pussy galore. That's <laughs> um, yeah, and he. There are no records of that person living or dying <laughs> or being born in, <laughs> in China or Japan or the United States. <laughs> can't claim this guy ever existed or Canada. Or Canada. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, I was not expecting to go down this rabbit hole when I started this movie. Um, and then the more I looked into it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And then I'm like, oh, wow, this is like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Same. by the time I got to the end, the end story, I was like, that's what I need. That's where I need to take this. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I read about this years ago. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Shout out to the Black Dragon Fighting Society. <laughs> Y'all go look that shit up because it's, it's wild. 
We're done. We're finished. Done. Um, oh, Riley, where, where can the peeps find you if they're looking for you? At what's Riley doing on Instagram? And uh, Remington. Uh, I'm Frank if, Dukes, baby. You can't catch up to me. I'm can't hiding. Catch up to him. Can't see me anywhere until I pop up and win another tournament. Pop up and win. Yeah, exactly. It's from Brussels. There you go. The muscles from Brussels. The muscles from Brussels. Oh, damn it. Of course. The muscles from Brussels. Perfect. We We're stupid. <laughs>